0: The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together.
1: Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. I'm Ben Sternke. I'm one of the co-hosts, of well, co-founders is what I mean to say. Co-hosts? I am, I am a co-hosting podcast. today. Yeah, don't sell yourself short, Ben. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm co co pastoring, co-hosting. I'm a co-founder. Mm-hmm. I do a lot of things. Are you co-dependent with too? people? Codependent? Co- Probably a little bit. Codependent? Everybody is a little bit, you know. Uh so anyway, uh it's good to be with you guys on another uh this is Matt Tebby by the way. Oh, the other n- voice that you hear. You're in not your ears.
0: Co- you're not codependent, Ben. <laughs> you're you you're just too hard on yourself.
1: <laughs> uh if you, I'm if you guys don't that's a pretty meta joke if you guys don't understand codependence, but uh but we it's, just demonstrated it's it. It's getting that's meta fun. here today. It is. It my, is my is
0: Matt Tebby. I'm yeah. the uh, also co-founder Mm-hmm. Probably codependence, probably the second thing I should say. <laughs> go, go co- co- <laughs> a lot of things.
1: Um, I cohabitate. Yeah, with several people. Mm-hmm. Yep, I do too. You more, have you more have, than you. Yes, you have yeah. more than me. Yeah, I do have more, um, uh, and I have a dog. So, all right, guys, this is uh, we're getting off track here. Hey, this is another episode in this series um, that we're doing right now on women and men leading together in the church. And we wanted to take just a brief episode, uh, a brief excursus from our interviews and our exploration of these topics to basically just zoom out a little bit and say, why, why are we, Gravity Leadership, we, we train and coach Christian leaders uh, for kind of ministry and, and, and discipleship and mission and missional living, like why are we taking some time in order to address this topic, uh, men and women, uh, leading in the church and we we came up with three reasons that we wanted that we want to be doing this because uh, I think one of the impressions that sometimes people have about this issue so to speak m- women leadership and all that kind of thing is that it's kind of an arcane obtuse theological issue that you might be interested in if you're like a hermeneutics professor and you might be interested in that but but why would people who train others for leadership, why would we be interested in doing this? And we thought we'd we'd just lay out three reasons. We'll try to do this quick. Quickly. Quickly. We'll try to do this quickly. Three reasons why our organization would want to address this topic. Real quick, just yeah. to get
0: more meta. Yeah. You use the words arcane obtuse Aww. to describe something that was arcane and obtuse.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, is a, that is, that is, that's that's super meta. What you're,
0: what you, what you're saying is, uh, and I just point that out because uh, I like the words too, Ben. Yeah, yeah. The words like me, really, is why I use mm-hmm. them. But uh, what you're saying is, for a lot of people, this is periphery, these are, these are things we can argue over, they aren't central to the gospel or mission. Why are you spending so much time on something that either is like, peripheral, or a hot-button topic. Like, yeah. there are people who probably listen to these podcasts, hope, maybe it's you and you're continuous, and, that don't agree with us. So it we actually could be losing listeners, people, because right. we're kind of throwing our hat into a ring that has a lot of contentious debate right now. Right. So we aren't looking for... You know, scandal. We're not trying. We're not making uh, money off of this. You know, there's no sponsorship by mm-hmm. uh, some.
1: We sponsor our own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, I'm
0: going to send you a bill for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like, there's there's so there's a so we're not looking for controversy. But in fact, like this is coming out of a place of conviction, and I think increasing clarity for our organization and for you and I on the ground of leadership. Yeah. yeah. So it's, I guess it could do all kinds of work, but we. We thought it would be helpful to lay out the work we hope it does. Yeah,
1: totally, totally. And and the first the first reason then uh, just comes out of our experience. Um, approximately half the people we coach in our organization, uh, in our coaching cohorts and uh, consulting and the various work that we do, uh, approximately half are women. And so uh, this issue of women in leadership uh, and the the obstacles they sometimes face. Uh, as they try to lead in the church, it's just has become front and central in terms of the actual coaching that we're doing, right?
0: Yeah, it's our mark, it's our quote market, right. So for the last five years, we've been coaching people. And yeah. I hear uh, every week, I hear mm-hmm. women naming this explicitly or implying it that there is this huge uh, obstacle mm. to them leading in the church or in their family, all these cultural scripts and Christian scripts that they're finding to be uh, not helpful and also unfaithful. And it's a burden that, like, our sisters just carry. Like, it's yeah. part of being a woman in America. Most mm-hmm. of what women we coach are from America, uh, North America. Um, and so we thought, hey, you know, our sisters carry this all the time. We coach them through it. We have, a, we have women coaches that also coach women through it. Mm-hmm. But maybe it's time for, like some men to to take some ownership of this yeah. and not just let it be their issue totally right i did air quotes when i said their issue
1: yeah if you can just imagine matt doing air quotes i don't quotes. know why
0: the, i don't know what work the air quotes are doing <laughs> i'll keep using them though because they <laughs> amuse me yeah uh, it's not this is their issue it's our issue and until it becomes my issue yeah until i stand in solidarity with women who have this uh these these obstacles these frustrations heartache um abuse until it until I say in solidarity with them, not just a kind of a pat on the shoulder, bless your heart, yeah. or send out a quick tweet, you know, this is wrong and this is bad. Mm-hmm. But actually like own my complicity in whatever's wrong. Talk about it yeah. as though uh, as though uh we we have to do something differently. It it's there's yeah. all there's this distance between what they're experiencing yeah. And, and who I am and who we yeah. are
1: which leads so that's the first reason we're trying to get through this quick the second reason it leads right into the second reason which is our, our organization is called gravity leadership and one of our main tasks you hear it in the the intro uh, that we do for this podcast is like we believe that the center of uh, of the way that God leads so to speak uh, is love and the way that Jesus demonstrates his own leadership was was uh, was love And he uh, showed us this new way of leading, you know, explicitly telling his disciples, hey, look, the Gentiles, they lord it over them. They dominate. They control. They coerce. They get other people to do things. But that's not what you're to be like. You are not to be like that. Instead, the greatest uh, among you should be like the youngest and um, the one who... Uh, is at the table, should be like the one who serves, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it leads right into that that issue that actually what we're trying to reclaim is this space of what it actually means to be a leader and taking it uh, out of the realm of uh, just culturally what we've inherited and kind of paste it on top of the scriptures and really examine and explore, like, what does Jesus show us about what it means to be a leader?
0: So say more about what we've inherited through our culture, and paste it on the scriptures. Because that's what... We would not... I mean, I in my mind, we would not have started Gravity Leadership if we could have found training and resourcing and equipping in what what we do. If we had found it elsewhere, we yeah. wouldn't have started this. Yeah. But we couldn't find it elsewhere, so it's why we started it. Yeah. And it's because of these cultural scripts about leadership hmm. and power and authority yes. that we then... Foist onto or import in onto the text. So, say more about what those scripts are and why it pertains to us talking about women on this podcast.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you mentioned you know that some of the things the women are experiencing abuse, you know, uh, all these obstacles, that that kind of a thing. Those are some of the cultural scripts that we have about power and about authority. Um, One of one of the things that we that we assume that our culture kind of gives to us is that power is the same thing as control. It's being in charge. It's the person who gets to tell other people what to do, whether or not they want to do it.
0: Yeah, what's wrong with that?
1: Um, what's wrong with it is that it is completely antithetical to what Jesus shows us God is like. <laughs> other than that, though, Ben, that's
0: what... <laughs> like, putting that aside. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, the, there is no putting that aside. Like you said, that's why we started... Gravity Leadership, to say, like, there's got to be a way... The dichotomy I think we have in our minds is, that's power, is control, coercion, telling other people what to do, being the person who gets to make the call despite what other people want or think. And the the only other imagination we have is people who just, like, give up on leadership, power, authority, just completely. They're like, this, this is terrible. This is hurting people. And so, I'm done with this. And so um, we, we end up with the script that says that love, and, and we, we fight for this word, love, because, um, because it's in the New Testament, as, and it's defined in the New Testament in a specific way. Being nice. Right. It's not, that's not, not in the New <laughs> Testament. But that's the cultural script we have about what love is. Love is being nice, and it's, it's set in contrast to being in charge, being powerful, uh, being somebody who can tell other people. So what to do.
0: So one of the scripts we have is that whatever love is, it's antithetical to at worst, or at best ancillary to, just not really central to what it means to lead.
1: What it means yeah. It's 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 a it's a nice add on. So you get if it from, people like you. Yeah,
0: you get it from grandma. Right. You get love from grandma. You get love from um what? Uh uh
1: Sunday school teacher, maybe a great Sunday school teacher. Your
0: small Hava Havatan dog. Like yep. you get love right? <laughs> right. Right? You get love from yeah. uh your spouse. Uh-huh. But when it when push comes to shove, when things need to get done, when when an organization or a culture needs to be shaped or moved yeah. unto something, love can't get the job
1: done. Yeah, you have to set aside love in order to get things done. That's and a cultural script. That's yes. a
0: that's a cultural script. Mm. And we want to say baloney, rubbish.
1: Rubbish. Right. I think. Yeah. Totally. Right. That's exactly what we want to say.
0: Right. That's one of the cultural scripts. Another cultural script about this is, and this is where it pertains mostly to women. I'm thinking about what just happened over the when we're recording this. This is barely 48 hours old. Mm -hmm. um, The the tennis championship tennis match between uh, what Serena Williams got really upset at a referee. Right now, Serena Williams is an iconic athlete, one of the best tennis players, regardless of gender, who's ever lived. Super. yeah she's an icon mm-hmm. and uh she got really upset at a referee yeah and kind of went off on on called him. him a thief called him a thief right and he docked her points he he bak basi- a whole game he docked her a whole game uh docked uh not doctored
1: docked he like took it away from her yeah he yeah.
0: wasn't a physician he yeah, just yeah. took it away from her yeah and uh what's been coming out after this are clips of of men mm-hmm. um like Roger Federer yeah uh, with the same referee, uh, you know, I, it's just, I'm subjective. When I watch the clips of like a Roger Federer losing his biscuit on mm-hmm. this same referee, uh, using like the F bomb, which Serena didn't do, uh, uh, getting personal with this referee, he didn't do any of that, right? So you watch these two video clips yeah. and you notice a guy, like when a man uh, gets angry. Right, especially a man with power like Roger mm-hmm. Federer. I mean, he's also an iconic tennis player. Yep. Right. Really good tennis player. Totally. M- arguably one of the best that's ever lived, so is mm-hmm. Serena. When he loses his biscuit, he's passionate. Right. He's competitive.
1: This is the way it's talked about, he's right? He's
0: fiery. Look at that drive to be to succeed. And I grew up in John McEnroe, right? And John McEnroe is sort of the you
1: He's know, famous for he, it. That's yeah. what he was known for. He
0: invented the biscuit losing. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but when Serena does it, yeah.
1: she's what? Unhinged. Yeah. Emotional. Yeah. Right? We don't, uh, you know. And the man who's in charge feels the need to make, put her back in her place. Use his authority
0: to punish her. Yeah. Whereas when a man does it, uh, it's just, it's just like two guys sort of Mm -hmm. like toe to toe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, this is one little cultural artifact that shows like that women don't have the same permission and privilege to uh to be fiery and competitive and assertive and fight for themselves mm-hmm. because if they do they're put in their place yeah they're punished mm-hmm. right they're either they're either eliminated because they're quote too emotional or they're quote a bitch or they're mm-hmm. quote um uh they just lose their mind. You can't be trusted. Hysterical. Hysterical. Right. Yep. That was one of the headlines, is the Serena was hysterical. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, you know, I'm sure like like, and I'd be the last person to know exactly how this is happening, but I'm sure race is also at work in Probably. this too. Yeah. But um, but since this series we're doing is about women, like this is one little artifact of how uh, mm-hmm. women women have different rules in our culture. And, and the rules have been set by men, mm-hmm. and it's time for the men to name those rules and to stand in solidarity with our sisters and say, this is unfair, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Yes. let's do something about this. Yes,
1: and it's because this is what Jesus demonstrates for us, right? It's not just because, hey, this is unfair, like, where did we get the idea that it's unfair? Je- Jesus demonstrates this kind of leadership.
0: Well, my Bible college background now is... is um, it wants to argue with you because Ben um, uh-huh. tennis wasn't invented
1: when Jesus was alive. <laughs> That's true. That's so true. Jesus didn't speak to he didn't speak to tennis rules. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, say more yeah, about yeah. how Jesus speaks to this.
1: Well, the, you 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 see this. I mean, we we, we discuss some of this in our episode about hermeneutics and how we're reading how we're reading the scriptures. But um, we have to talk about power dynamics because this is what Jesus seems to. Uh, have demonstrated for his disciples and what his disciples including like the apostle paul uh, bring up over and over again is that in christ christ has abolished uh status and power dynamics in, in the way that we normally think about them how do he do that he he abolished it i mean in, in the passage that we just read you know that he, he's uh, the passage we just referred to, where um, the Gentiles lording it over the. He says, "You know, the Gentiles lord it over, but you." It's just a blanket <laughs> statement. You are not to be like that. You are not to be like that. He was consistently lifting up women. He was consistently coming to the aid of the oppressed, of the marginalized, and consistently teaching his disciples that this is this is the new way for you to be human. Yes. now, and it's a- the new way for you to you know, pour out your self on behalf of others.
0: Yes, and something that we miss, I think, because we don't live in an, an honor-shame culture. So mm, honor-shame cultures right. in, in the East, there's this sort of zero-sum honor-shame game. So when you have a community of people, the people who have honor, everyone can't have honor. There's a, there's a hierarchy of honor, and and then there's uh, also shame, and shame are the people without without honor, right? right? right. So when Jesus came teaching and the crowds came to him, this is why the religious leaders grumbled. It wasn't because Jesus disagreed with them, Mm -hmm. as much as it was the crowds gave Jesus honor, and because honor zero sum, meaning not everyone can have honor, the more honor Jesus got, the less honor the religious leaders got, which is why they were always looking to test and trap him in public
1: they were yeah in were trying public to shame him basically they were trying
0: to shame him and this is yeah. why jesus was brilliant he would subvert their shame games by not letting he wouldn't play really but in not playing he frustrated their things this is why they didn't arrest jesus in the temple mm-hmm. this is why they came at night when no one else was around because they knew if they arrested jesus in public mm-hmm. it would be a shameful thing to do yes right so the reason i say this is because the people jesus chose to give his honor to, meaning associate himself with. Yeah. It, he wasn't, he didn't curry favor with Pilot. Like right. he didn't get on Herod's uh, senior advisory board hoping to influence yeah. uh, a crazy lunatic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So when there was a crazy lunatic in charge in Israel, mm-hmm. uh, the Jesus models like a subversive resistance outside that power structure, mm-hmm. rather than a currying favor of the dictator inside that power structure. Let the listener understand. <laughs> right. So <laughs> write an op-ed. So Maybe. Jesus, <laughs> so Jesus then l- decides <laughs> to give his honor to the completely yeah. powerless yeah. tax collectors who were despised, yeah. people with diseases who mm-hmm. were. Uh, cut off from community, right? Women, right? Women took care of Jesus, which was uh, a shameful thing for a man mm-hmm. to, in a patriarchal culture yeah. to not take care of himself, but he willingly submitted himself to the bene- to the benevolence of yeah. women, right? Yeah. All these people which inverts the power structure. Yes. Jesus comes to the bottom and leverages his honor for the people on the bottom, and in doing so, he undercuts the hegemony, the evil hold that patriarchy and hierarchy had on his culture. Yes. Right? Yeah. And he does it in every chapter of the Gospels. Yeah. And sometimes he explicitly teaches it, like you're mm-hmm. talking about, mm-hmm. like don't call somebody father, don't call somebody master, mm-hmm. I no longer call you uh, servants because servants don't know what the master's doing, I call you friends, this inclusion, this this uh, lack of hierarchy, this mutuality, Yes. but every chapter of Scripture he does it, right? Yeah. So in our day, if we are going to then take what Jesus has done and be faithful to the way he engaged power and the powers. Mm -hmm. Like we need to then look at who are the people on the margins who've been oppressed, who are always uh, under the thumb or the boot of the people with coercive worldly power. And how do we leverage whatever power we have, whatever honor we have Mm -hmm.
1: on their behalf? Yes. Yeah. And and women are one of those groups, right? If you're going to, if in our in our day and age, and that that thus this series traditionally yes yeah
0: like traditionally like w- yes traditionally women
1: I mean we see it in culture we see it and we see it in the church and we hear stories of it every day yeah in our in our coaching cohort. so
0: there's a different way of holding power and authority in leadership that Ben and I and Ben Hardman are convicted of that this needs we need to incarnate this like mm-hmm. we and not just not just say it and then go about our business with these old scripts, these cultural scripts, but actually inhabit it, actually yeah. participate in it, train in it, name it, like yeah. build it out in mm-hmm. a way that it creates a, a new reality, a new culture, right? Yes,
1: yeah, yeah, and, and hearing the stories of women who have uh, been in these places uh, has been extremely illuminating. Like, we didn't go into this series thinking, okay, we know exactly what everybody needs to know, <laughs> you know? Like, we went into this series going, like, we, like we've got a lot to learn, uh, so why don't we why don't we learn publicly? Let's
0: talk to some of our friends. Yeah. and see what they can teach us.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. So that's what that's what we're doing here, uh, and it kind of leads into the. I mean, the third reason we're trying to delineate these out, but they all kind of feel like a like a Wait, you, aspects of one reason?
0: Will you recap the first two because I can't so remember? So the
1: the first one was just like half the people we coach are women, and we hear these stories and um, about the unique challenges that they have uh, as they try to lead in the church and outside the church um and so we wanted to talk to that you know uh, issue talk talk to those people um, learn from them in their experience the second issue uh was that this is part and parcel of what jesus uh teaches us about what it means to lead about what it means to have power um that you don't uh well any every everything we just said like that that's he's abolished those things that he doesn't that consider
0: like his his equality with God, this thing to be utilized, but right. he voluntarily empties himself right. of all that sort of um, like omnipowerful present power mm-hmm. and becomes a servant and a slave, yeah. right? And so part of our theological convictions here is that God is supremely revealed in Christ crucified, yeah. that the pinnacle of power mm-hmm. that, that sort of is the hope of the universe yeah. is God... On the
1: cross, yes, God in Christ suffering for those who rejected Him, and that and that's our conviction is that that is power. So it's not that power is control, and therefore, like, how do we utilize it for the for good ends? You know, how do we how do we take the ring of power and use it for good? Basically, there's to a, use book. a there's a book nerd in Lord of the Rings reference, but it's that love is actually power. Love actually does get the job done. But it gets the right job done, and it actually is is far more effective. And this is the resurrection, basically. The resurrection is the reason that we know that God on the cross is the most uh, that that the love of God revealed on the cross is the most powerful uh, force you could say in the universe. I just had a
0: realization. What's that? I know. I know we want to get to the third reason, but yes. I'm reading Lord of the Rings now to my ten year old uh-huh. uh, deacon. We just started, mm-hmm. and I just um, just realized. That, uh, this, a spoiler alert, so if you haven't read Lord of the Rings, go you, ahead. And,
1: you've had 75 years or so, <laughs> right? This is on Come you. On. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but uh, I just realized that, um, uh, obviously, it's a critique of worldly power yes. and, and wanting to control the power for good ends, because it always corrupts us, yeah. right? But then also, it's this picture of love. Like, I just realized that, like, um, it's the love of Samwise, for Frodo. Yes. Like his committed suffering, long suffering committed love. Yeah. That that actually sets the world free.
1: Yes. He he literally carries Frodo during one part where Frodo can't bear it anymore. But like Sam Samwise does not want to be a hero. He wants to like raise flowers. Like he just wants to stay at home like every other hobbit. It's a beautiful picture of friendship and love. So yeah.
0: Samwise is like the Christ character.
1: He is. He is in that whole story. Oh, man. Not Boromir, who wanted to be the Christ character by taking the ring and using it for good. Idiot. Mm. (laughs) Just like We would never do that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so those are the first two reasons. The third reason, and these, these, again, they overlap, um, is just like, this is just in the water. It's in the culture. Uh, We're starting to see this more and more. It feels like every day that goes by, um, there's another story about... Uh, usually a man, usually a white man, abusing power, uh, hurting people um, that that uh, that he's he's supposed to protect.
0: Yeah, and I'll say this too: um, there there are persons of color who mm-hmm. uh, maybe use a power abusively, right? So there may be black men or sure. Asian men yeah. that do that. But one of the convictions that we have at Gravity Leadership is just um, that we're going to speak to our own tribe about our own problems. Yeah, right. So. Uh, Other organizations spend a lot of energy, time, resources, focus on people out there Mm. uh, not a part of their tribe and Mm -hmm. how they're doing things wrong, Yeah, right? So, you know, how uh, those Pakistan people or people from Iceland, like those people, here's their problems. And for us, we want to uh, model what it looks like to take our own junk seriously. Mm -hmm. And so part of our own junk is being white men Christians. And we've got plenty (laughs) of junk to own. yeah right? Yeah. Before we can, it's almost like we need to take the log out of our eye, Ben.
1: Hmm. before we deal metaphor.
0: With, I'm working on it. I don't know. <laughs> take the log out of our eye before we take the toaster out of somebody else's eye.
1: Yeah. Well, you got some work to do on that. I'm going to still work yeah, on yeah, that. Yeah,
0: yeah. But you know what I'm saying, right?
1: Yeah, totally. Totally. That there, there's, a, there's a sense in, and this, this is the logic uh, of leadership as well, that we learn from Jesus, is that we, we deal with, we lead, we lead through repentance. We lead by saying uh, "I'm sorry." We lead by learning ourselves first, and this is this is our experience and our position, our the place that we come from.
0: This is radical, though. Yeah, right. Lead by because I was taught to lead by knowing.
1: Yeah, lead by knowing or or expertise. Yeah,
0: mastering things
1: or leading by just being forceful, charismatic. Yeah, lead by convincing. being confident. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah.
0: but leading by learning means that there's a different. Way of inhabiting the world, different posture, and mm-hmm. I think it's necessary because there's, you know, there's, there's church too, there's, there's me too, yeah. Uh, there's a heightened awareness of how men have used power in relationships with women inside the church and outside the church. Yeah. Uh, that provokes uh, a needed conversation. I think it means if we're not ready, we need to get ready. Yeah. To have this conversation. Totally. Right. Yeah. And it and it just isn't men and women, right? So if we were Roman Catholics. Right, we would be having a different conversation yeah, totally. about men and power, and it may include women, but it would also include other things too. But we're not, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So, so it's very particular to sort of a, a certain subset or a certain tribe. Yeah. And uh, we want to let other people clean up their house, but like judgment starts with the household of God. Mm-hmm. So, like we want to start where God's going to start, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and so then it's not trendy this isn't like oh hey everybody's talking about this we can get some clicks and listens if we talk about it right but it's like we actually can we actually can maybe gain some traction mm-hmm. i mean i was talking to a friend um she was a pastor at a church and she was an associate pastor and uh the the lead pastor made like a pass at her. Mm. and um basically professed his love to her and she was overwhelmed and like you know, didn't see this coming, they'd worked together for a long time. And uh and then uh in the aftermath of it, the the authorities of the church, like the elders and the people who were over top, both of them, basically uh took his side, silenced her, and then like pushed her out as a pastor. Like she became sort of the problem, like the Jezebel. Yeah. You know, this yeah, this he woman. He wouldn't have done that if she no, wouldn't No, if she wouldn't have been so uh attractive feminine. Or... Yeah. <laughs> Like food, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, I, we joke about this, but honestly, this is one of the scripts women get. Yeah. is that your femininity is a problem? Is a problem yeah. to men, mm-hmm. and so you have to change your appearance, your looks, yeah, in order to protect men. What we just want to say that's bullcrap, mm-hmm. and I want to be stronger than that. But like, yeah. it's just crap. Yeah, it's crap. Yeah. Anyway, but this happened uh, about I don't know ten years ago, mm. uh, and I think that um, if it would happen today there would have been a much different outcome of that situation because of our cultural moment. Yeah, Like that lead pastor would have been held accountable. Yeah. The powers that be wouldn't have been able to marginalize this sister as easily, right? So there's, yeah. I mean, as we do these podcasts, there are stories I know of where the, these things happened 5, 10, 15 years ago. They were sort of pushed under the rug, sort of the old scripts were in place. And and like the more we talk about it, the less possible that kind of abusive yes. system can still remain, yeah so that's one of the yeah. reasons we're doing this too
1: yeah totally those are those are three quick reasons uh, I hope that's helpful for 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 y'all uh, if uh, if you've been wondering about it, and even if you weren't wondering about it <laughs> uh, I hope that's helpful for uh, for you to kind of place what we're talking about within a larger frame uh, and and this is this is why for us this is part and parcel for like our whole project our whole project is learning to lead. Uh, from the center of the love of God in Jesus Christ. And this is part and parcel of what that means.
0: Can I offer a fourth reason?
1: Sure. <laughs> you just I, think mean, of I just thought of something. I mean, yeah. we've
0: said this, but I I think number four is we truly believe that what separates, what separates, what marks us as Christians, they will know mm. you are Christians yeah. by, the, by your love. And one of the things... This is a missional reason. One of the things our world needs right now is a model, some vision or hope for how men and women can be in relationship with each other that's mutually empowering and honoring and beneficial for both parties. Where Mm. one party isn't using the other, uh, where one party isn't dominating the other, where one party isn't protecting themselves from the other, where there isn't separation and division, but there's unity and mutuality. I mean, this is the stuff the Holy Spirit... Yeah. So, so one of the reasons I have a heart, we have a heart, a burden for the church to offer the world something in the way of friendship, like something, like we, because we know Jesus, because we've been touched by the love of God in Jesus Christ, and because mm-hmm. we have fellowship in the Holy Spirit, because we're partakers of this divine grace, this divine nature, together we actually have some hope to offer a world that, yeah. that knows only relationships of utility, or exploitation, yeah. or abuse, yeah. where people are using each other, right? But we actually can... Sh- how about this for relationships? Yeah. Right? And it's to our shame that what, yeah. what most people know about Christians and male-female f- relationships is the Mike Pence rule. Like, if you ask... People right. outside the church, what do what do committed serious Christians in America think about male and female relationships? They're going to bring up the Mike Pence rule. Yeah. Now that might be the quote. I'm using the air quotes again. Uh, <laughs> mainstream media's fault, but I honestly think we've we've come by that honestly. Like yeah. what we offer the world is here's how to protect yourself from people that could possibly cause you to sin. Yeah, we don't offer the world here's how to love people well mm-hmm. and deeply, yeah. if imperfectly. Yeah, and I I. Man, I mean, I, I hope, I hope that we, you and I, here in Indianapolis, in our small church, like, we can actually learn some things yeah. so that we can then bear witness to the redemption and healing of Jesus Christ in male-female relationships. And I don't think we can do that unless men begin to own the ways they've mucked it up. Yes. The ways that we've contributed yeah. to what, uh, is a way bigger problem than the church, but is in the church too, yeah. of we just don't know how to, like... We don't know how to be emotionally uh, intimate, personal, relational, and in like healthy, godly ways. We just don't know how to do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that's part of our inheritance as the people on the top, the people with power who have not uh, had to learn those things, right? Because we've just been able to exercise our power however we however we feel like it. Yes. So that's why it's our responsibility. Not that there's something inherent. I mean, it's just, it's because of the power dynamic. Yes. Yeah. So, so So. just
0: to speak to other guys, and we we received an email this week by somebody who's like, I'm hearing what you're saying. I, I really appreciate it, but it feels like as a white dude that I just, I have to just shut up. I don't have any place anymore in this stuff. We were talking to a denominational leader last week who said the same thing. It feels like, you know, what am I supposed to do? I have, you know, 50 years of ministry experience. Am I supposed to just, you know, shut that up and turn it off and go hide in a corner? And I think that it reveals, like, we know how to be in social spaces with, with other people if we're in charge.
1: Yeah, I've got answers. I've got something to say.
0: Here's my credentials. Here's my CV. Here's yeah. my sermon. But like, we need to learn how to be in these social spaces, listening. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ironic that you and I are talking about listening. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm listening well, to you right now. Thank you. Yeah. I just I heard that Ben. Yeah, yeah. I heard you. Yeah. Uh, but no, like, we have to learn how to inhabit spaces yeah. differently, in in a way of utilizing, leveraging our power to to allow other voices to come into the center yes. and to really listen to them. Yep. Not just give them token places and platforms, but to give them, not just give them sort of a, a, a mouthpiece, but to give them actual authority in those spaces.
1: Yes. Amen. Well, there's our three slash four reasons. Um, And I I like that you added that fourth one. Um, That's uh, deeply important uh, to me as well. Folks, uh, we'll be back with a few more episodes about women and men uh, leading the church. um, And then uh, we will move on to some other interviews that we've already had recorded that we're really excited about. Um, But uh, until then, we'll see you next time. Peace.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you found it helpful, please let us know by leaving a rating or review on iTunes or wherever you review podcasts. You can also email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com to ask a question, suggest a topic for future episodes, and join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful throughout the week. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join.
2: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator